Welcome to The Bull and the Bear, a money and markets podcast. We give you the advice you need to know to make investing safe and profitable. With The Bull and the Bear podcast, you'll get exclusive access to some of the top thinkers, analysts, advisors, and gurus in the investment business. And now for your hosts, Matt Clark and Charles Sizemore. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Bull and the Bear podcast here on MoneyMarkets.com. I'm your host Matt Clark. Glad you're with us uh, as 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 always. I mean, it's all it's always great when we know we're picking up uh, when new people are uh, subscribing and, and checking us out on YouTube. And by the way, uh, if you're uh, if you're just listening to this uh, for the first time, you can uh, subscribe to uh, this podcast. You can check us out on Apple Podcast. We're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on iHeartRadio. Check out our YouTube channels I just mentioned. Uh, you can do that by going to YouTube. YouTube.com and uh, just doing a search for the Bull and the Bear podcast, and we're right there. And uh, you'll find us. You can subscribe to us. Uh, and uh, we, we've, we've picked up. We're certainly glad to have uh, new subscribers jump on uh, all the time. So it's uh, it's great for that. If you have a comment or a question or, or anything like that, maybe you'd like us to uh, to look at a particular stock, maybe um, you can email us at uh, the Bull and Bear at uh, moneyandmarkets.com. That's the Bull and Bear at moneyandmarkets.com. And we're more than happy to do that. But if you go on and subscribe to our, our YouTube channel or, or podcast, uh, anything like that, uh, leave us a comment. Leave us, uh, leave us a review. We'd love, uh, love, to, uh, love to check out your feedback. I hope everyone had a great 4th of July holiday. Uh, I know that uh, I, I spent it just kind of uh, relaxing a little bit. I hope everyone else was able to do uh, a little bit of that, spend time with maybe some, uh, some friends or family or uh, cooking out or uh, you know, going to the lake or doing, doing whatever it is uh, that uh, you enjoy doing on, on July 4th. It's a great uh, holiday. Um, you know, fireworks were great. And even into the fifth, uh, when people are still shooting off fireworks a, a day after, uh, a day after the fourth today, I'm flying solo. So it's going to be a little bit of a new experience, but that's okay. I have an interesting thing that I, I, I want to talk about. And I, I came across this, uh, um, yesterday and, and, uh, I actually have a piece on this, uh, on moneymarkets.com. So I encourage you to, uh, uh just go to moneymarkets.com and, and, and check it out. But it, it revolves around one word and it's one word that, uh, in, in the investment world, in, in the finance world, um, we, we've heard it time and time again. Uh, in fact, for the last, oh, three, four months, it, it's been a, a constant word in relation to the market and, and, and why the stock market is moving the way it is. And, and that one word is hope. And, and you see it all the time. I mean, I, you know, we, we, we write about it all the time. In fact, the reason why a lot of times the reason why the stock market goes up is basically because investors are holding out hope for a quick economic recovery. And, and that's what's pushing the market up. And, and you wouldn't think that that would necessarily be right considering the state of the economy that we're in and that we're in a recession. Um, but again, I, as we've talked about before, uh, Adam O'Dell, our, our chief investment strategist, has mentioned this. I've mentioned it before. Um, you know, the, the stock market is not the economy. So don't confuse the two. Don't don't uh, you know? Don't think that that one is 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 directly correlated to the other. Now there are some sim- there are some market movements that do kind of correlate with the status of the economy. But the economy is more backward looking. The stock market is a little more forward looking in terms of if you, if you want to just boil down to a, a big difference between the two. Um, so they're not really related. GDP does not have anything to do with with stock market movements very rarely. So, um, but but it, it's important to understand that that this kind of ties together here in that investors are hoping that either a subsidence of, of the coronavirus uh, uh, outbreak um, will, will, or, or, or reopenings of, of states and, and local communities will push up business activity, thus will uh, then in, increase, uh, you know, 
our economic our economic fortunes, if you will. And what I've seen in terms of, you know, there's a few things that I, I've looked at and, and, and I, I just don't see that happening. I mean, I'm not a naysayer. I'm not uh, a doom or gloom kind of a guy. I, I don't, that's really not who I am, whether it's personally or whether I'm talking about finance and, and, and markets. Um, that, that's just not my, that's not my mentality. But I, there's just some unavoidable things that I look at and, and I just, I, I, it's inescapable to think that the, to think the way I, uh, the way I kind of, I, I think about this. And that is that the market recovery is not going to rebound as quickly as, 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 as we think it, it is not going to bounce as fast as we'd like to think it will. Um, I know there's all sorts of letters that you got the, 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 the V shape, the L shape, the, the W, the, you know, the Nike swoosh, whatever that happens to be in terms of, of a market rebound. Uh, uh, but our economy is not going to work that way. Uh, and, and, and there's reasons why, and, and let me first by first preface by saying, you know, I understand that, that hope is a, is a, is a big deal. It's a big deal personally, but in terms of investing, hope is not a strategy. Hope is not an investment strategy. You don't invest in something with the hope that it's going to do one thing or another. You have to, you know, do your research, do your homework, or, you know, rely on, on like us at Money Markets to, to do that for you because, you know, we've got your back and we, we know what to, you know, we, we take sound analysis and, 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 and look at the facts and, and then tell you what that means. And that's, and that's kind of what I'm doing here in terms of the economy is, is I, I'm looking at certain trends and I'm seeing certain things and, and I'm realizing that things just don't add up. And, and, you know, I, again, I, I get that that hope is an important thing. You know, you have to have it. Otherwise, you know, what are you doing? But when you're talking about investing your money, whether it's $10 or whether it's $10,000, um, hope is not a great investment strategy. Don't don't bet the farm on hope because it's just not it doesn't it usually doesn't end well. You know, it, it doesn't work out. And, and let me go through a couple things to, 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 to tell you why. Um, I, I see it this way and, and you can agree or disagree. It's totally fine. If you, if you agree, great. Let me know if you disagree. Also, let me know, you know, don't, don't, don't hold back. Don't, uh, don't say, uh, don't, don't do anything. If you think, Hey Matt, you're wrong. You really don't know what you're talking about. Here's why I would, inv- I would love that. I would love to hear that. I would love to hear, to hear that kind of feedback to, to let me know that, Hey, I'm wrong. And here's why I, I, I don't take it personal. I have my views. Everyone has theirs. Totally fine. But you remember back in, in, in March, okay, and, and this is when the, the coronavirus has, had, had really started to take a serious toll on, on, on the United States. And lockdowns were nationwide, um, cities were closed, states were closed, um, millions of, uh, of people, myself included, working from home. Um, because that was basically what was mandated. At that point in time, Congress had stepped in and, and, and decided to pass a $2.2 trillion stimulus package. And part of that package included, um, you know, the one-time $1,200 check, you know, from, from the Treasury to, to help kind of make sure that money is still in your pocket. Another part of it was uh, an increase of $600 per week in un, 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 unemployment insurance benefits. You know, every state varies in terms of their unemployment. You know, it can be anywhere from, uh, you know, 12 weeks as it is here in Florida to, you know, six months uh, in terms of the, the duration of which you can take unemployment. And the amounts also vary. And there's a minimum and a maximum. And it, it's based on your income and, uh, you know, from the last, you know, six months or a year or whatever, there, there's a lot of factors involved, basically. And, and, and what Congress did in its, in its infinite wisdom is they decided to add a $600 a week um, 
uh, topper, if you will, um, and extend that out until July 31st. So basically, if you were furloughed or laid off or let go from your job and, and, and you know, the coronavirus caused your business to close down and your boss let you go or furloughed you or, 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 or laid you off or whatever, then when you applied for unemployment benefits through your respective state agency, on top of that, on top of whatever you get from the state, you get an additional $600 a week um, in unemployment benefits. So it actually kind of created an odd situation. We've talked about it here before in that it, it created a situation to where even when businesses were reopening, they couldn't rehire their employees because the employees were actually making as much, if not more in some instances, on unemployment than they would if they went back on the work, to the workforce. But anyway, that's, that's, that's beside the point. So, you know, you got the $1,200 stimulus check, which most of, which most Americans got um, based on a certain parameters. Uh, not everyone got it just because it's based on income and tax filing and this, that, and the other. But most Americans did get a $1,200, you know, stimulus check. And, you know, there, there's always intent in terms of what you should do with that. Pay off bills. Basically, the intent for the government is to go out and buy stuff. Go, go spend your money and buy goods. You know, go buy your TV, go buy your, your new laptop, go buy, you know, whatever. Go spend that money and put that money back into the economy. Saving money is really not what they want you to do with the stimulus check. But, you know, regardless of whether you did or not, it doesn't matter. And, and the stimulus package added about $3 of extra income for Americans for every dollar that was lost to the shutdown. So it made a pretty significant impact to, to, to you know, income values, income levels for, for Americans. And that's great. And, and the $600 unemployment insurance, as flawed as maybe the final thinking was in terms of businesses being able to hire, was also good, especially if you're unemployed. If you, if you got let go, if you got laid off or whatever, that, I mean, it, it's good for you, you know, it, it, and that's understandable. But there's a problem. And, and, and the problem is, is that if you look at the monthly change in personal income, um, December, uh, January, February, up slightly. Then the coronavirus hits in March, and it takes a pretty good downturn. Then in April, you've got this big bump up in personal income, mainly because of you know the coronavirus stimulus, the extra $1,200 per person, um, unemployment insurance increases, all this, that, and the other. And then in May, it drops back down again into, the, into you know, a, a loss uh, in terms of personal income. So, you know, you had a 10, about a 10.4% boost in personal income in April, um, thanks to the coronavirus uh, stimulus. But the problem is, is that, you know, when that stimulus money is gone, it, there, there's nothing left. That's it. There's, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing else. So if you've already spent that $1,200, that's it. And, and as of right now, as of today, there's been talk and discussion about another coronavirus package. Uh, the White House wants it capped at a trillion dollars. So odds are the prospect of having another payout from the government is less and less likely. Um, unemployment benefits extensions are probably less likely. We're, we're probably looking at things that are going to benefit directly small businesses as opposed to individuals. Um, so, so, you know, that money runs out, then that's it. And, and, and that means that you're pretty much back to square one in terms of, you know, your, your, your income level um, when the coronavirus uh, hit. The other thing that the other factor to look at here is the Federal Reserve. Um, one thing the Fed decided to do was basically take its money printing press and and kick it up on overdrive. And, and use those funds to pump into the economy when they first saw distress in March. You know, they, they put money into the economy to help banks continue lending to individuals and businesses, um, but banks have reined that in. 
Um, banks have reined that in for a couple different reasons. The main reason being is that there are, as of right now, about 100 million customer accounts, uh, loan accounts, and this could be credit cards or mortgages or whatever, that are in forbearance or in deferral. And basically it means that account holders are behind on their payments. And when that happens, banks are going to pare back how much they lend. You become a risk when, when that happens. You are no longer credit worthy, if you will, um, you know, or, or a viable candidate to receive bank, a bank loan. But also on the flip side of that, consumers, us, you, me, everyday Americans are paring back on our debt. We are not taking out nearly as much in terms of, uh, of debt. We're not taking out nearly as many credit cards. We're not taking out nearly as many bank loans. We're not buying nearly as many cars. We're not, we're not, we, we see things on the horizon. And I think the, 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 the perception is, is that things may not get any better. And especially if you're unemployed or the possibility of unemployment with, with a, a second lockdown maybe on the horizon. And you see that as I don't want to add that extra burden to my personal bottom line. I don't want to go out and add a, an $800 a month loan for whatever, a, a new car or a house or whatever, because I don't know if I'm going to have a job in two months. I don't know if this lockdown is going to just say that, that my business is going to let me go and then I'm stuck. So consumers are paring back how much they're taking out in debt. And this has been a pretty significant drop off since a high point in March to now. Um, you know, it, it's been, a, it was you know, from 2019 to 2020, it was a pretty steady rise, and that is now tapered off significantly. And you have to understand that the U.S. economy is driven in large part by debt. Um, so whenever, you know, you see debt lowered by banks and you see consumers not taking out nearly as much debt, that has a direct correlation to the economy. So basically, you know, you see the stock market. The stock market has, has bounced, but by and large, it's moved upwards since lows in February and March you know, you have the S&P and you have the Dow that are gaining 35 to 40%. The NASDAQ has already hit a, a, its record high um, in the midst of all this. Um, but those gains aren't going to last. They're, they're not going to sustain. And, and that is especially true to, for, for stocks and sectors that are, that are exposed to consumers and exposed to borrowing. Um, things like that are going, to, are, they are going to start to fall back off again. So to, to, to bring all this about and, and the, the, okay, what does this mean for me kind of question? If you're, you know, as a smart investor, you want to be looking at certain sectors to possibly invest your money in. And then there are sectors you want to completely avoid. And, and with the state of the economy and with the prospect of where things are going, there's about four sectors I would say you want to avoid right now. And those sectors are banks because they involve borrowing. Travel, because it's kind of discretionary spending. Discretionary retail, so any company that specializes in either manufacturing or selling things that you don't absolutely need. And industrial, because while manufacturing data is up, if discretionary retail goes down, that manufacturing is going to start to taper. But, you know, if there's a second, a second lockdown, and in some cases there already, there already is, um, here in South Florida, Miami-Dade County is just south of us here, and, and it's uh, um, already imposing, uh, you know, lockdown measures to, to curb the spread of the virus. Texas has, uh, has also experienced um, some issues, and we've seen 16, 18 states reach record highs in terms of, of, their, uh, of their outbreak numbers. So this is going to lead state officials, local officials, to want to pare back, um, you know, the restrictions on lockdowns. 
but there are some sectors that as an investor you want to look at because they can benefit from this. And I, and I, I say that and I, I almost kind of feel bad when I say taking advantage because you take advantage of a bad situation. But as an investor, let's look at the numbers. You look, you look at what's fact. You don't let emotion drive where you're going. You, you don't emotion and hope don't drive the boat when it comes to investing. Uh, it should be, you know, uh, it, it should be homework. It should be analytical. It should be technical. It should be, you know, very fact-based. That's what should drive your investment. And in terms of that, you know, consumer staples are going to be huge. They, they were before. We saw how consumer staples grew back in March uh, when the coronavirus lockdown first to, uh, had its first iteration. Consumer staples went through the roof. Um, technology. Technology has been kind of the anchor, kind of the buoy of the entire stock market at this point. You know, technology stocks have pushed the NASDAQ to a record high. And it's because of how solid technology stocks are. I'm not saying you should invest all your money in that or you should just dump everything into technology. But let's be honest, technology has performed very well. And even before the coronavirus, technology was doing very well. So now it's just continuing to move upward. So those are the two sectors that I think that you, you really want to take a look at um, when, when, we, when and if we reach a second lockdown. And, and again, you want to avoid you know, banks, travel, um, discretionary retail, and industrial. Um, they're just ones that, as, as Americans, are uh, the fear of losing money, whether it be because you've already spent your, your $1,200 or your unemployment benefits are coming to an end or basically you're just, you just don't know what your job situation is going to be like in the next month or two, then you're not going to spend nearly as much money. You're not going to go out and you're not going to buy a new laptop. You're not going to go out and buy a new car. You're not going to go out and buy a new TV. You're, not going to, you're just not going to spend money on those things. You're going to buy what you need, not what you want. So discretionary retail is just not, you know, not, not a great sector to look at. Um, and that leads to, you know, you know, industrial. Um, so, but if, if you look at, uh, you know, things like discretionary staples, um, you know, cleaning products, toilet paper, things like that, you know, uh, the, the, all things that make up that area, that's what you need. That's not what you want. That's what you need. And people are going to continue to buy that. They will, you know, it may not necessarily be the most expensive, but they will find alternatives, cheaper alternatives, and they will still buy it. And technology is going to continue to rise even if there's a second lockdown. But one thing in, in closing, what I want to let you know is that, you know, here at Money Markets, um, we're, we're led by, you know, our chief investment strategist, Adam O'Dell, and, 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 and he knows his stuff. Uh, and he doesn't use emotion. He, he uses fact. He uses, he, he uses it to be very, it's a very technical process that he goes through, and it's provided great returns for those who have followed him. Um, and, and then you have myself, I do the same thing. I, I, I look at the numbers. I look at the facts. I, I, I use my investigative journalism background, um, to look at facts, not at conjecture, not at theories, not at, you know, what may be, what may not be. What are the numbers telling me? What do the numbers say? What does the data tell me? And, and using Adam's proprietary stock rating system is, is, is great to be able to, to, to really hone in on, on, on potentials there. But one thing I want you to know is that, you know, we're doing our homework here at Money Markets. We're not just throwing things out there just to see what sticks. We're doing our homework and, and, and we're looking at things with a very, very clear eye. So I, I want you to know that, that in terms of the podcast or in terms of, uh, of the website or, or whatever method uh, you're looking at, you know, it's not just fluff. It's not just, um, it's not just for the sake of doing it. We're actually looking at things because we want to make sure we're giving you the safest, most sound, uh, you know, information that's fact-based that we can give you. And, and that's, that's really my parting message right now. 
Um, I, again, I appreciate everyone who, uh, who, who tuned in, who downloaded today and who's tuned in before. Again, we're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio. You can check out our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube.com and type in the Bull and the Bear podcast right there. Uh, if uh, yeah, Leave us a review. Leave us a, a comment or a question. We'd love to, love to read your feedback. Um, if you do have a comment or question, uh, something that maybe I've said that sparked something uh, in you, then by all means, let us know. Email us at the Bull and Bear at moneyandmarkets.com it's the bull and bear at moneyandmarkets.com so uh, certainly glad that you uh, you uh, listened today uh, we'll be back on Friday I will have uh, contributor Charles Sizemore and chief investment strategist Adam Odell on and uh, we're going to talk about some stocks don't know what we're going to talk about yet but I'm probably not going to give Adam a heads up because I want to see if he can think more on the fly so uh, again for all of us at Money and Markets stay safe uh, safe investing uh, be smart let us do your homework Check us out. We're more than happy to uh, to uh, uh, give you information that is uh, that is reliable and uh, and fact based. So uh, until next time, uh, certainly hope you all have safe investing, and we'll talk again on Friday. You've been listening to the Bull and the Bear, a Money and Markets podcast. Tune in each week to hear insights on how to make investing safe and profitable for you. 